1: This is the new Old Norwich, the podcast that's more steady on than Splendid Rush. We're determined to get our Old Norwich back and we talk about the current games and look back at glory times in the podcast as well. Coming up in this episode, Super 6 out of 6. America is coming and it is episode 25. So we continue our greatest ever team and we are on the process of going through the greatest ever midfielders and we're moving on to the late 80s early 90s in this episode as well but in the last episode dad we said it was a crucial crucial four days two home games who would have thought six points out of six
0: i know what two crucial wins actually um couldn't have asked for any more than that no, um, I mean it, it, um,
1: it was a, a, an impressive win against Millwall, and a totally yes. and a totally different win against Huddersfield, and that's what's, it was. And that's what's interesting is that they, they weren't they, they they were totally different games, and we had to play, although very similar teams, um, in terms of the our team, we had to play different ways to get the win.
0: Yeah, I think I, you're right about the Huddersfield game. Um, I mean, the important thing of that which which came out of that was that we won yeah. <laughs> because you know two nil up. Huddersfield down to 10 men, which was to, to do with our, our good play with the sergeant's run-through. I mean, the defender either had to take him out or he was clean through. Yeah. So, you know, everything was going fine. But then to go 2-1 down was disappointing. But the good thing about it is we did hold on. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you're right, it left a bit... Uh, well, um. It, it didn't really give an indication that much was going to change. Um, but the Millwall game, yeah, I mean... I thought we played really well, even in the first half. I mean, there was always that worry when it's nil-nil that we can give a girl away or make a mistake. But we didn't. I thought we played well. And in the end, of course, the um, two very good girls.
1: Yeah. And and Josh Sargent, I think, you know, we've talked on this podcast so many times about Pookie, but actually no Pookie no problem for the last two games because Josh Sargent yeah. has, has come in in the centre of the striker role and scored goals and helped the team as well
0: absolutely i think yeah and, and it's really been his first opportunity i think as far as i'm aware of uh, certainly to any great extent of, uh, of playing down the middle isn't it yeah yeah which
1: and is, that,
0: perhaps which that's is. what's been missing all along because when when he took when he took the the penalty the last penalty against um in the penalty shootout against Birmingham and he yes. stood up to take it I thought oh no <laughs> <laughs> and he scored that and he hasn't scored, stopped scoring since so I, I mean I'm really pleased for him and uh, as you know all this with all these two wins were you know way above my expectations but I am really pleased
1: yeah and I think that's the point that we we were saying how important those two games were which is why we wanted to do an episode quite quickly because actually it it has changed the feel potentially of over-season. it has now you can say well you shouldn't have got carried away after three games but also you shouldn't get carried away after two wins but it, no. it, it does feel like some of the questions that we were asking in the last episode he's that dean smith has actually answered some of them
0: he has i mean i i i think you're right i, I mean and things have turned out obviously him playing sergeant uh, um at center forward Part of that was due to Pookie being injured in the first place, but uh, that's come out good. And then, and what about Liam Gibbs? I mean, he wouldn't have been in the side if we hadn't had all those injuries at left back, would he?
1: No, no. And and we were questioning about whether uh, Sarah should play or who what was going on with, with Hayden. But actually, Liam Gibbs, considering he's an Ipswich boy, not not bad at all. I mean, Is- there there isn't many. I was going to ask you this question: Can you remember any many Ipswich players? who've come to Norwich and actually been better?
0: Um, I can't remember any youngsters coming up from um, from um, from Ipswich. Um, there was um, Johnny Miller came up. He was a winger. Right. And he did quite well for us in the mid-70s uh, when we got to those, uh, well, certainly to the... Um, Second League Cup final He did well Peter Morris about the same time as well He was a midfield player But a bit more experience
1: Louis Donovan
0: Yes Was he Yeah he was a youngster as well Wasn't he before he came out,
1: I think he was I think he was Yeah I'm not
0: sure um, Because I think Liam Gibbs Did make one appearance He's made at least one appearance For the town First team I think But not very many Um,
1: And and obviously our old friend Trevor Putney
0: Trevor Putney and, And Clive Woods
1: Yes, yeah. He was a
0: long Stratton boy, I think, who, who played for Ipswich to start with, but uh, he came, he moved up as well. So,
1: yeah. so there isn't, uh, considering that we're not that far apart, there is this obviously huge rivalry between us and, and the old farm derby, etc., etc. But it is interesting that there isn't that much. I mean, Andy Marshall went from Norwich and played yeah. for Ipswich later. Um, John Dean,
0: I think, he went to Ipswich, didn't
1: he? Yeah, I think he might have done. Yeah, I think he might have. But, but considering the, when you say how many players have played for West Ham and Norwich, there's massive, yeah. there's loads. Tottenham, Tottenham, yeah. Yeah. Tottenham or, yeah. And you can, you know, you from West Ham, you can go back to when Ken Brown was obviously playing and Martin Peters, as we've talked about yeah, uh, yeah, previously, quite. right through, of course, to John Bourne, um, yeah. Dean, Dean Ashton, uh, Dale Gordon. Um, and and the likes and with Graham Spurs, Padden yeah. yeah, and and with Spurs you had your Culverhouses, your Crooks, your Bowen's, Bowens. Um, yeah, and then Rule Fox went from from Norwich to Newcastle, but then played at Spurs, I think Spurs, as well. Yeah. So yeah, there is there is that kind of link, but it is interesting with Ipswich. So I think and Liam Gibbs, it, it must be so tough coming to Norwich, knowing that you are an Ipswich player, um, yes, because if you Google it. The first picture that comes up with him is in a town shirt.
0: Sure. <laughs> so
1: the fact he's come in and actually he was one of the players that I thought was stand out against Millwall without yeah. a doubt and and he's and he's proved himself in the games he's he's played and you, as you say he's answered some questions that we were really worried about.
0: Yeah, he's 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 played a role that we needed someone to come into and it's taken the pressure off. Um, Isaac Hayden coming in, isn't yeah. it, at the moment. I mean, okay, he's a youngster, you know, he might not keep that standard all the time, but at least that takes the pressure off a little bit until um Hayden can get fit. I thought the so, other people
1: um, who were really impressive against Millwall was uh Omadin although he's now injured for the um for the Bournemouth game in the in the cup. Yes. But yeah. I I think it's well, let's give it he might not have played any. Anyway, I thought but. he looked
0: a lot better as well. Now whether that was because we were more organised you know, we I think we said in the last episode, didn't we, about the 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 midfield and and um, defensive midfield, and that made the defence more vulnerable. Whether that's improved as well, but no, I thought he looked good as well.
1: Yeah, and then Nunes, we talked about previously, and he yeah. the more he plays, the the better he's he, he's getting. What I really yeah. liked as well is that we we called it in the last episode. We were like, let's not go and buy a fullback. Let's just play Kenny McLean in in. In in the fullback position, and he's played the last two games, and we've won both of them, and we haven't gone out and bought a fullback because we don't need to go and buy a fullback. No, <laughs> now, now, no, no one is now asking when are all these fullbacks coming back. <laughs> no, they're not
0: actually. But actually, there is some news on a transfer. Uh, we are after a left back. <laughs>
1: <Surprising>. <laughs> well, oh, and I also see today that he sort of said Jordan Hugel may be allowed to leave. Yes, again. But, which again, yeah. I, I think it's, it's. Again, I suppose what I was saying about two wins doesn't. You know, one swallow doesn't make a summer. Two wins doesn't mean the season is is now right. we're sorted. We've got Pookie and Sergeant. We don't need anybody else. I still think having a Hugel type player in the championship. We're in the championship. Don't forget, we're not in the Premier yeah. League. We're in the championship. If he's going to go back to Cardiff. They're in the championship. They beat us. We don't. you know, do you yeah. know what I mean? It's like actually, let's yeah. just let's keep let's keep him, and let's and and we've got how many substitutes can you bring on these days? Five. Yeah. You, you're, yeah. Tell, you're telling me you're not going to have someone who can come on with ten minutes to go and change something if we need it to.
0: As as Daniel Farkas saw with Jordan Rose, didn't he in 2018-19? Yeah. Uh, um it it worked and, and by the way oh, oh um fark done well in germany isn't he
1: i haven't seen it to be fair
0: barisier merchant gladback i think the last i looked were top of the bundesliga what,
1: is that after one game or
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's not many to be fair but he's he, he started off all right <laughs>
1: Well, I'm I'm, I'm 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 very pleased for him. I'm sure, I'm sure he, will, he will do a good job. But,
0: but the other thing going back to Norwich was I thought like Sonari and and um, and Dowell, they 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 seemed to be linking up. as well, the whole side looked, especially against Millwall, looked so much more balanced, didn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. And we, and we've we we had Hernandez come back in as well. And I think Dean Smith talked about trying to get more of an end product with him. Uh, yes, but it, it seems like that's potentially working, and we've we've again we asked the question about Dean Smith. Is like what are we, what is he doing and Shakespeare doing coaching wise? Why are these players not getting better? Why are they not? Um, mm. Why did they not seem to be getting better? Well, actually, you can we'll say well again. It's one game. It's two games. It's early days still, but actually, it looked promising, and I think we we looked like a Dean Smith type of team. I think. We were like, what, how do we want to play and, and what, is the, what are we trying to do apart from win football matches? And I think we, we got a few answers in Mil- against Millward and Huddersfield.
0: I th- I th- yeah, I think we did. And, and to be fair, it was beginning to look a bit attractive as well, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I just remember, though, in that Premier League season when we beat... We beat a couple of teams in January. We did.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then we won at Wolves in the cup as well, didn't and we? And we were out of the...
1: the bottom 3 and it was yeah. like, oh actually we're going somewhere and then <laughs> and then we lost about seven in a row. So, look, we... Don't do a me,
0: don't do a me now, John. <laughs> I would
1: I'd, li- I'd like to think that we are moving forward. And, I think and that's what it feels like.
0: Yeah, I think the game against Sunderland on um Saturdays, uh, because we've now, to be fair, we've played three home games, two wins in a draw. That's not bad start, but we've had two away defeats. We could, we could really. Um, it would be nice to have some indication that our away performances can turn and, and start at Sunderland. You, you know I said before the start of the season that I thought we'd lose at Sunderland. I hope I'm wrong on that one and I can say uh, I am wrong again after Saturday and um, and, and be pleased all over again. Because I think a point there would be great, actually.
1: Yeah. yeah, and again, it would feel like, as you say, when you win two games on the trot, it actually takes the pressure off and allows you to, A, carry on playing with more confidence, which you should rightly be doing. But also, if you get a point then away, you've got seven out of nine. Yes. And, and it's looking better than, yes. as you said, if you lose two and then you get a point, it's like, well, we have still only got one out of nine.
0: That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Um, so, so, so good times there. And of course, just before the game, um, at the weekend, it was a huge announcement from the club. Where and that was
0: intentional, apparently, to to try and improve the atmosphere
1: ahead of the game. Okay, ahead that? of the
0: game. Yeah, that was it, and I think it worked. To be honest, especially when then you know the sec- second half turned as it did, and I think the atmosphere was quite good by the uh, end of the game.
1: So. Yes. Yeah, so they've called a shareholders' general meeting on Monday, September twelfth. Yeah. Um,
0: and John, and John, as a small shareholder myself. Oh. I received my voting papers today.
1: And, and what will you be so let, let me just say for people who don't know because there may well be some people who don't know but we'll, we'll, right. I'm sure most people will know but they are voting on a resolution to appoint uh, Mark Antanasio who's an American businessman he's the principal owner of the Milwaukee Brewers baseball team which if you know from earlier episodes you know I used to um, have a shirt of theirs uh, <laughs> he obviously followed um, my, the fact that my wife went to watch them once and he thought what football club could we buy will buy <laughs> so it's all down to me frankly and my wife but uh so what they're looking to do is appoint him as a new director of the football club effectively taking michael Folger's shares which is about eight eighteen percent is that right yeah
0: yeah i think i think it's around about that figure but we're also voting on um, new articles association of the club which provide for 10 million pound worth of new shares to be issued by the end of this year
1: so in effect, he could then buy. He could then buy yeah, more shares. That's yes, right. And or the,
0: yeah, or or someone connected with him could put the money into the club, and uh, yeah. and those shares be issued. And I, I mean, I don't know, John. I'm I'm I haven't, i have not seen anything about uh, this side of it, uh, um, apart from the papers that I've received, which includes just just that straightforward detail. But it could be a way of both sides. That's the club dealer and Michael, and the Americans. Um, Finding their way together and to see if it works all right because it looks to me as if these shares they could put the money in um, But they would be able to take it out. They would get some return on it So perhaps not too much cost and it gives them the opportunity to work together and see how things um, Play out. I'm I'm hoping that's the case. I mean I shall be voting on uh, um, approving um, Everything that they've asked for and I'm hoping that 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 will be the way forward.
1: So can you go to the meeting or not?
0: Um, I think you are allowed to, but they've made it quite clear that there'll be no questions and no presentations. Um, And they're recommending that um, people um, vote through the, uh, the proxy system.
1: Okay. Right. so so you will be voting.
0: I will be voting.
1: Excellent. So a, a for, <laughs> it, it's a, it's a thumbs up from uh, the new old Norwich podcast. That, uh, <laughs> yes, we want the Americans in, and we'll and we'll see how how it then pans out. But yeah, it, it certainly again feels like the club is is moving forward.
0: It does seem to me, John. I don't. I might be putting one and uh, one and one together and getting three. I don't know, but we had the purchase of. Um, Nunes, we had the purchase of Sara. Now, there's talk today of um, we're looking at a Norwegian fullback on loan from Hertha Berlin.
1: Yeah, I did see
0: that. And we're also looking at a winger from Bordeaux. Okay. now presumably that would be on the basis that possibly they got doubts about whether hernandez will be able to produce the end product and and that roshika will move on but it does indicate a little bit that after we spent all that money last year and let's be honest we haven't brought a lot in this window whether that will provide a little bit of money to take us forward in which case if that is the case things are moving as we wanted it to that you know People coming in, just providing a bit of funds. It's not necessary someone coming in and put billions and billions and and, 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 um, and you just spend it all. It's about providing money when you need it, even if it then um, goes back to them at a certain time.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So anyway, um, so we play Bournemouth in the Cup this week and then yep. Sunderland at the weekend. Yes, Okay, we will uh, see how the uh, next uh, few days uh, pan out, of course. This is the new Old Norwich, the podcast that's more steady on than Splendid Rush. And we move on to our greatest 11, uh, where we're on the central midfielder countdown. And we talked Martin O'Neill and Peter Mendham uh, in the last episode, but, we did, but Martin Peters is still uh, out of the uh, early ones that we spoke in the previous episode. To that, uh, is, is very much in penciled into the midfield. It, 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 at that's the right,
0: moment. he's very much in the frame, yeah.
1: Um, so we did the Ken Brown era, so we are we moving on to the...
0: We're just at the end of the Ken Brown era. Okay. Where we've reached now, John, is the mid-1980s for this review and our relegation to the second tier following our Milk Cup win in 1985, if you remember, yep. when the Milk Cup got relegated. Yep. Well, at that stage, we signed Mike Phelan from Burnley. Mm. Burnley had just been relegated to the fourth tier <laughs> and Phelan went on to play for City for four seasons His first season, City won the second-tier title, so that was in his first season. The second season, we finished fifth in the top flight. His third season, he was appointed captain. And in his fourth season, he captained them to fourth place in the top flight and the FA Cup semi-final.
1: And he was one of these players who had a moustache. Really have, yes, he you was. Don't, at it, yeah, you don't yeah. have, really have players with moustaches anymore, do you? <laughs> but he always Not, had a, no. no, but he always had he a did. moustache, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't actually now. No. But he did was, all through his playing career.
0: So he made 194 appearances for us, scoring 10 goals. And, of course, he then moved on to Manchester United and he won the fa cup with them in the first season he had actually been called into the england squad when he was at city but did not play to due to injury but he did play for england once when he was at united so mike phelan again those four years pretty important played a big part got us back into the uh top flight and then moved on very quickly to establish ourselves in the uh in the top division. so um,
1: And he would be someone that I would have written down. If someone, yes. if someone said to me, a, a great central midfielder of, yeah. of, of that era, I think yeah. he, would, he would be very much one of the first yeah. names on the, uh, on the...
0: The next person sheet. I wanted to just mention was David Williams. Oh, yes. Now, David Williams joined us in 1985, the same time as Mike Phelan, and played alongside Phelan and Mendham in that promotion-winning team. He'd played before he came to us 10 years at Bristol Rovers and was their player manager with them before he joined us. He played 74 times for us scoring 12 goals. And he also played five times for Wales whilst he was with us. Now I'm, I'm not saying that uh, David Williams has got to be one of our greatest midfielders, but he, again, he played an important part at an important time, Mm. more of a leader and a coach, I think, because I, As you know, he went on to serve the club as player, coach, and assistant manager.
1: Yes, yes, of course. Yeah, I forgot. He was a cultured midfielder, wasn't he? Yeah, no, beautiful player, very much uh, kind of forerunner to Ian Crook, effectively. Probably why Ian Crook couldn't get into the team for a a long time uh, when when uh, he first came to the club. But Williams was was just one of those. I'd totally forgotten about him. I'll be honest, Dad. But he, yeah. But but actually, you're right. He he was. That, that cultured, more left-hand side of central midfield? Kind I think, of yeah, I think you're right. Rings a bell. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, he was uh, – uh, and obviously went on to do brilliant coaching with uh, with our greatest ever manager, uh, Dave Stringer. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and you've – it's a nice little lead in there to Ian Crook. Because <laughs> he actually joined City in 1986. Wow. After City had regained their, their top-flight status at the end of that promotion season. Um, And and as you say, that was in a midfield that already included Phelan, Mendham and Williams. Now, Ian Crook had been at Tottenham for six years but had found it difficult to break into a Tottenham team with Glenn Hoddle and Aussie Ardealers in the midfield. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think
1: Ian Crook is one of Tottenham Hotspur's greatest ever central midfielders (laughs) in their their podcast (laughs) chats? No, probably not.
0: (laughs) I mean, to be fair to him, he was then at the hub of the most successful teams in Norwich's history. A nine-year run of top-flight football, he helped us to three top-five finishes, two FA Cup semi-finals, and played in the UEFA Cup run. In 2001, John, in a poll for 442 magazine, magazine, he was voted as one of the best players never to have played for England, alongside Steve Bruce.
1: Well, yeah. See, I, all I remember from Ian Crook is that I know you said he helped us achieve those things. I don't think he was first choice until at least ninety-one, ninety-two. I think he was. I, th- I think he had games where he, he he had spells where he'd come in, but I'm pretty sure he was never like in because in, in the in the FA Cup semi-final. In '89, when he put the ball against the crossbar, and then yes. Everton put the ball in the back of the net for the only goal, I I remember distinctly remember thinking, "Well, you're not really you don't normally play there," and I I just have this feeling. I, I remember him, and I can remember him in that cup run, uh, the UEFA Cup run '92 '93, and 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 then obviously the, the Premier League season '94. He was absolutely on fire, like Jeremy Goss him and Jeremy Goss came in so much it felt like they came in later maybe um maybe Goss even more so where Goss was at the club for a long time and and never really got into the team but I thought Crook in the first few years because you had Mike Phelan there and as you say he was there for four seasons and and Ian Crook didn't play with him particularly cuz I think you nah. had Tim Sherwood and Andy Townsend and i think they always got picked ahead of ian crook and i think crook was always on the bench but next to him that's that's just how i remember him
0: and 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 to be to be fair to you john i was the same but just looking at his figures he played he played well over 400 times for city
1: yeah but he played for a long time I mean, if he joined in 86 i mean he was still there in the mid nineties, late nineties. He was. He, got rele- he was absolutely. Yeah, I think yeah. Got re- he got relegated. But first. but didn't you he, see, didn't he, then, didn't he then come back? Didn't he go and come back as well?
0: He did. I was got. I was got to mention that. But he did. You're you're right. But um, if you play forty games a season for ten seasons, that's only about four hundred, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I, I think I think well, because of our we're memories, we're going to have to dig in some stats. We are. Um, we're going to. And 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 how often he. Um, he played In but, that tick, um, so
1: what I, I agree I think from, from Certainly nine, Maybe from 99 Because I think in 91 When we went to The FA Cup semi final, He was probably In the team
0: Yeah but I'm not yeah. sure In
1: 89 he was And I, I just think For 86, 87 88, 89 When Effectively when Phelan was at the club Yeah How much did Ian Crook Did he play? play Yeah
0: Well let's quickly Look at then a couple Of other players At that time John Because there was Andy Townsend Yeah Oh, before we do that, now I will. We will just say you are right about. There are a couple of points you might have forgotten about Incroft. First of all, he nearly signed for Ipswich Town. <laughs>
1: oh wow! Okay, yeah, totally <laughs> and, totally that, and
0: I'll tell you when that was. That was at the time that Mike Walker came back to the club.
1: That's right. I remember that.
0: And and what happened was he was going to Ipswich town and what you said was he was he was he,
1: pictured in a shirt, wasn't he?
0: He was. He didn't want to move from Norwich, so that was an opportunity to keep playing football locally and yes. um, go to Ipswich. He was pitched with a shirt, but then Mike Walker um, was returning. He had a word with him and he came back to Norwich stayed. again. Yes. That's yeah, right. He did. The other point um, that I didn't know, he was interviewed for the city manager's job when Peter Grant got the Got appointed
1: oh okay
0: yeah he, he was he was interviewing because
1: he has done some coach i think he did coaching in australia, in
0: australia and he said he, he he thought he was going to get a job in fact after after peter grant went and then rode it and then brian were weren't he floating around when brian gum was here yeah i think
1: time? he might have been
0: yeah so he, he was might. obviously looking for a job over here then yeah. but uh, now i think i think what we need to do with ian crook is just to bottom out how much he um you know how much he did really contribute in those times but he certainly played a lot of game. right quickly andy townsend yep he was already a top flight player when he joined us from rival southampton in august 1988 yep um and he got his chance in the team believe it or not when trevor putney was suspended
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, anyway, he yeah. was in the side that finished fourth in the league and the fa cup semi-finalists in 1988 9. Yep. And at that end of that season, he was shortlisted for the PFA Players' Player of the Year.
1: He was brilliant. I thought he, he was brilliant. For he, w- he had a
0: good season that year, didn't he? And, yeah. um, and and that award went to Mark Hughes, by the way. Boom. Um, he, but he, he scored eight goals for us in 71 appearances, leaving for Chelsea for a, a big profit after just two seasons. Yeah. So he was there for 88-9 when we had a really good season. Um, the next season wasn't so good and he went off to Chelsea. But that was at the time Chase was selling players and he was one because he went for, I think, about 1.2 million.
1: Yeah, I, I remember that. And I don't think, I mean, I may well, I, I may slightly misquote him, but I'm not sure he was a huge fan of Norwich and Andy
0: Townsend. No, because hasn't he sort of wiped us out of his memory about right. who he played for?
1: Probably. Yeah. So, yeah. so he's not going to be on our list, but he was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> he was brilliant. But, that se- that but season, he was, that, that, that he, FA Cup run. Yeah, he was was amazing.
0: He he was a a good player. And then there was Tim Sherwood.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, he joined us in the top flight from the second tier Watford in 1989. So this was after that FA Cup semi-final year and when we finished fourth. Then under three seasons with us in the top flight... Um, so he was he was with us for under three seasons, and he left before the nineteen ninety two FA Cup semi final because in February nineteen ninety two, he left for Kenny Dalgleish's Blackburn, That's right. where he would captain them. In fact, to the 94-95 Premier League title.
1: Yeah, yeah. Again, <laughs> I thought he was a he was a bit he was a bit part player when he started, but again, he was he was integral at a certain. He, he was he
0: was good for us, but having said that, he didn't really play for us at our peak, did he? No. I mean, obviously, peak, we were an established top flight side, but um, it was the time, it was towards the end of Stringer's reign when we were beginning to
1: struggle slightly, fall
0: yeah. away a bit. Mainly, as we talked about with Dave Stringer, about Chase selling the players.
1: Uh, um, uh, the one thing I will always love Tim Sherwood for is he had a huge scrap at Arsenal. When we got fined, we got a massive fine. <laughs> uh, both Arsenal and Norwich got a huge fine. It was like yeah. Yeah, before... Before ruckuses were really um became famous, and it was a melee, and it was he, he was and he was he had a nasty bit of him. and, that, and, <laughs> he he, and to be yeah, honest, God. that's why I really liked him because he was, <laughs> he was just a bit nasty at times. When he
0: plays for your team, it was fine. Right? Yeah, yeah, he was, he was he
1: was absolutely brilliant, and I can remember him. I'm right, Barney, with probably Tony Adams or someone um uh, uh, of the like. But yeah, that, that's my memory of of Tim Sherwood, and interestingly um you know as you say didn't play like Andy Townsend a couple of seasons max but but still I wrote both of those names down yes along along with Mike Phelan and Ian Cook and to
0: be fair to them you know we talk about they were they were good top flight players I mean Andy Townsend came to us as a top flight player um sherwood not so much so but they left us he went to blackburn won the league Towns- to absolutely you know and and mike phelan went to manchester united these be- with us became uh or were top class uh players
1: yeah players weren't they? yeah they were real professionals and international apart from phelan but you know and yeah. Townsend went and played in the world cup didn't he
0: i think he did yeah in yeah
1: ireland so uh...
0: so i think on those i think i think probably mike phelan is probably the, the the standout. Ian Crook as well, possibly. We've got to sort that out. I think um, we need to...
1: Yeah, I think with... with we Chip, need to do a bit more work on that. Yeah, with Chippy, as I like to call him. Chippy, was, yeah. yeah. We, need to, we need to get into the detail a little bit with him.
0: And then we've got three more from that period, the late 80s, early 90s, to look at. Um, another time, just Rob Newman, Gary Megson and Jeremy Goss. We need to just just look at those. And then when we finish that, we're ready to move on the midfielders from this century as opposed to the last century. Gotcha. Sounds ages ago when you talk about these players coming from the last century, doesn't it? (laughs)
1: Yeah, no, it does, to be fair. Uh, but, but plenty to get our teeth into in the next uh, couple of weeks, uh, as there is for Norwich as well, as we mentioned. A huge, Another big week coming up with uh, the return, of course, to Sunderland and Alex Neal, uh, the man in charge, who, of course, gave us one of our greatest ever seasons uh, in recent history. This is the new Old Norwich, the podcast that's more steady on than Splendid Rush.